0: Hello. We are so glad that you could join us today. Our prayer is that as you listen to the word, you would take this time to draw nearer to God as an individual and as a family. God loves you so, so much. And His desire is for you to get closer to Him in this season through worship, through dwelling in His word and prayer.
1: Well, good morning again, and uh, I want to welcome you to Celebration Ministries, Celebration Church, and uh, we've been dealing with a subject that has to do with overcoming, and we're going to be looking at this from many angles. But uh, today I want to talk to you about overcoming discouragement. You know, as we combat the state of affairs we're finding ourselves in, where our cities have been ravaged and our families are being discouraged by the influence of the so-called pandemic where not only the economy, but our schools, our churches, and in many cases, our voices have been shut down and silenced for more than a year now. Many have become discouraged. In a time of perpetual upheaval and hostility, our friends and allies are also discouraged, often bewildered at what they're experiencing. Unfortunately, many will quit. Others will join forces with those whose negativity and fear will try to stop, and they will advise for the suspension of work, of church, of school, in fact, of all of life. Then, there are always those ones who push for the negative and the fearful path. Their words are filled with doubt and fear, and they're used to discourage those who would try. Their mantra is, oh! or not able, or it's too dangerous, or it's too costly, or, you know, I'm, and, and, and the fear oozes out of their bodies. But those of us who have faith look to God and God alone, and we triumphantly hold on to what his word says, and we believe that we are able to be conquerors, and more than conquerors, through Christ Jesus who loves us. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about overcoming distraction. Today, I want to speak about overcoming discouragement. I'm aware of many believers who are dealing with a, a form of depression uh, that's stemming from all I just alluded to and I spoke about. You know, whenever I think about depression, I view it as a huge pit, one that takes a massive amount of energy to escape. And although I'm not speaking about depression today, I do want to say that if you are depressed, don't try to fight it alone. Now, more than ever, we need the help of each other. Parents, it's time to stop and listen to your children. They are facing unprecedented challenges, often with nowhere to turn. Did you know that the suicide numbers in Zimbabwe are more than the COVID deaths? Nobody's talking about it. Did you know that domestic violence deaths are more than covid deaths yet no one's talking about it we continue to push a narrative around covid that is driven by fear and a ton of misinformation and very little transparency no debate no room for questioning no room for dissent and only one option vaccinate this is pushing people to despair depression and discouragement now but I think about discouragement. It's not a pit, but I see it like a mud puddle. All of us that have grown up in Zimbabwe have walked through mud at one time or another. Uh, in fact, I remember walking through uh, heavy mud that was referred to as, I think it was called uh, shifting cotton clay on our building site. All I know is that once we walked through the field and arrived at our destination, We were all six inches taller because of the mud that was on our boots. Now, I'm not saying that discouragement is any less damaging than depression, but like depression, the problem arises when we don't deal with it and we live in that mud puddle or we live on that muddy plain on a daily basis. It can ruin our lives. You see, it takes courage to make it through life. How often has someone discouraged you from trying something? They say, oh, you could never do that. And so you don't even try. You see, discouragement left unaddressed can lead to depression. And in its own right can be extremely dangerous. Here's why. First of all, because it's universal. And now has really become part of the mainstream narrative. We kind of accept it. In fact, we even talk about it in casual conversations like it's just a part of life. I have people come in and say, oh yeah, I was so depressed today. I just, oh, you know, my depression came on me. They they talk about it like it's normal, like it's part of their life. Not appreciating how deadly it can be. Discouragement is now a worldwide phenomenon. Oh, by the way, I want to make sure you understand something. We all get discouraged. I do, you do, we all do, but because it is common and is now accepted as almost being normal, we often don't deal with it in time or appropriately. Second, discouragement is recurring. You can get discouraged one day and overcome it, yet tomorrow you're back in that same boat, discouraged again, sometimes over the same issue, sometimes over another issue, but it becomes a cycle. Third, discouragement is highly contagious. Other people are discouraged, and so you get discouraged. And because you're discouraged, other people get discouraged. It kind of turns into this vicious cycle. Discouragement is a plague. Here's what the Bible says. In Hebrews 3, verse 13, the first part of the verse, it says, encourage one another day after day, as long as it's still called today. See, we can discourage each other or we can encourage each other. God wants us to be sources of encouragement, not discouragement. Now, although discouragement can have devastating impact, the good news is that discouragement can be overcome. The book of Nehemiah, which is where we have recently been reading in our daily reading, illustrates the danger of discouragement. Now, Nehemiah was a, a leader of a group of Jewish exiles that had returned to Israel from Babylon, and they were going back to the city of Jerusalem to build the wall around Jerusalem. They started the mission with great zeal, energy, and excitement. But after working for a while, the enormity of the job discouraged the workers. And to make matters worse, people from the region started mocking and persecuting them. Let me pick up the story at this point. Nehemiah 4, verses 1-3. through It says, Now it came about when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became furious and very angry and mocked the Jews. He spoke in the presence of his brothers and the wealthy men of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? Can they finish in a day? Can they revive the stones from the dusty rubble, even the burned ones? Then it goes on and talks about a guy named Tobiah, not Tobiah, The Ammonite was near, and he said, even what they are building, if a fox should jump on it, he would break down their stone wall. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, you can see that the one man, he was a military general, Sandballet, and then, you know, Tobiah was a man of lesser stature. He was probably an ex-slave or something, but you can see the level of wisdom. The one is very emotional and dealing with words he's heard from more powerful men, but he wanted to chime in. Isn't that just how it is today with people? They, they chime in on things they should, probably shouldn't even be talking about. They just echo uh, what everybody else is saying. They've never studied. They've never read anything. They've never really looked at anything. They just are just jumping on the bandwagon, just saying whatever anybody else is saying. And, you know, if anybody is trying to do good or trying to do something different, well, you know, we just have our opinion. It's usually pretty stupid. <laughs> See, those words are words that caused discouragement in the hearts of those who were attempting to build and rebuild the walls of the city. These people that had returned to Jerusalem with all kinds of energy and enthusiasm were now suffering from bullying, bad Facebook posts, bad Twitter feeds, and they were things that were less than favorable. People were talking, gossiping, taunting. They started criticizing, and then just as it is now, it had an impact on the listeners. Oh, the Jews who had begun and were now about halfway done with the wall had been made fearful. They'd become discouraged by the threats and the posts of the people in the land. And here's what they said, listen to what they said, Nehemiah 4, verses 10 through 11. It says, the strength of the burden bearers is failing, yet there is much rubbish. And we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. Our enemies said they will not know or see until we come among them and kill them and put a stop to the work. Wow. When I read this passage of Scripture, I see four reasons that people get discouraged. Four reasons for discouragement. Number one, fatigue. Fatigue. The first reason is people get tired. The people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. The laborers were working long hours and they had been doing so for quite a while. They were physically exhausted. In fact, they were just plain worn out. They were physically and emotionally drained. You and I must be on guard in our lives of becoming overtired or over emotionally strung out. You know, when we get that way, we don't want to do anything. We're what many refer to as being burned out. Now, it's imperative that we learn to not get there, first of all. But secondly, if we get there, we must find a place of rest. And it's not always what you think it is. Sometimes it is physical relaxation. We have to make space for times of refreshing and renewal. Even a short break sometimes, or a nap, or often an encouraging word, or the presence of a friend can be a source of refreshing. If we've grown tired, if we become discouraged. There's a place in God, the Bible says, enter into my rest. And in so doing, we find a rest that I can't explain other than it's God encouraging, God refreshing. In the presence of the Lord, there's refreshing. And we need to find that place of rest as well. So it's natural, it's spiritual, and it's emotional. You know, many today are discouraged because of the pressures of, Balancing work, family, health concerns, fears, misinformation, disinformation, along with isolation and quarantine issues. It's, it's all too much. Fatigue is the number one cause of discouragement, followed by frustration, which exacerbates the problem. Number two is frustration. Look at what the scripture says. It says, there is much rubbish. <laughs> uh, here's what they're saying. They're saying, there's so much junk in the way that we can't finish the wall. We can't build this wall. Well, that's frustrating, and that can be very discouraging. What is rubbish? Well, for them, it was the remains of the old wall. And they were rebuilding a new wall, but they had to sift through old, broken rocks and, and pieces of the wall that had been thrown down and were everywhere. And out of that rubbish, or out of that rubble, they had to find the ones that they could reuse, and then they had to discard the ones that were unusable. On top of that, there was dirt and soot and debris, and uh, then they had to figure out things like where do they find and make mortar to, uh, to fix the walls and get the tools, and there was just too much stuff that they had to deal with. When they looked at the rubbish, they didn't see any way to get to the real job of building the wall. Boy, I'll tell you what, that can be frustrating. That can be discouraging. The truth be told for you and I, for us to accomplish anything in life, there will be rubbish involved. And that can get frustrating. Now, we can't avoid rubbish in life, but we must learn how to deal with the rubbish in life. We can't ignore it. We can't just pretend that it's not there. If we don't deal with it, though, we will get frustrated and we will get discouraged. What is the rubbish that you must deal with in your life? What's getting you frustrated? What's in the way that's keeping you from achieving your God-given goals? What is the rubbish that wastes your time, and consumes your energy? You know, I heard that the average person today now spends close to eight hours a day on some kind of app or social media site. (laughs) Could that be the rubbish keeping you from your goals and keeping the life of God? from you and keeping the life that God would have for you from coming to pass? What keeps you from becoming all you want to be? Many are plagued by bad habits, by sins, and relationships that are hindering growth and building. Hebrews 12 and verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You know, if we think about it, we can all point out the rubbish that keeps us from doing the things that are really most important in life. The rubbish that gets in our way. The third reason why people get discouraged is because they have allowed their situation to define them. Or others to pigeonhole them and... They've accepted a failure mentality. So the third point is a failure mentality. Listen to what the people were saying. It says, we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. Do you know what they are really saying? We can't do it. It's impossible. It's foolish to try. We give up. That's what they were saying. You see, what had happened is they had talked themselves into failure. And now they couldn't see how they could do the job. So they just made a decision that they weren't going to try any harder. In fact, they were going to quit. And because they hadn't finished the wall as quickly as they had hoped, because they had met with obstacles and opposition, they gave up. Their confidence went down the tubes. They lost heart and they got discouraged. They said, we can't do it. So we're just not going to do it. You know, I, I was born in 1954, and the year that I was born, something was accomplished that, at the time, no one thought could ever be done. a man, his name was Roger Bannister. He was a, an American athlete, and he ran the mile in under four minutes, breaking the barrier that many people thought was impossible to be broken. In fact, very few thought that a man could ever run that fast, but he did. Amazingly, only two months after he broke that record, Two more men ran the mile under four minutes. (laughs) now today, a four minute mile is the standard. In fact, if you can't run a four minute mile, you're really not even a real track star. Ask yourself a question. How do you handle failure in your life? Do you have a pity party? Do you say, oh, poor me, I can't get this job done. Do you see it as impossible? Do you start complaining? Is it impossible? Oh, it's impossible. It can't be done. Or do you blame other people? Well, I tell you, we do that a lot in Zimbabwe. We blame other people for our problems. We never take responsibility. It's everybody else that's let me down. They didn't do their part of the job. They didn't do what they said they would do. We're waiting for somebody else to perform so that I can perform. You see, the difference between winners and losers is that winners always see failure as being only a temporary setback. And they go on to win. How do you think about a situation or a problem? How you think about it makes a huge difference in your life and in life in general. That is why we have to renew our minds. We have to renew our minds to the Word of God. If God says we can, if He says we can do it, then we can. If we have a sure promise from God, nothing can stop us. We may have a setback, but we know we will be more than God. Now, there's a fourth reason why people get discouraged, and it's something I've spoken about in recent sermons called fear. Verse 11 says this. It says, our enemies said, our enemies said, kill them and put a stop to the work. Boy, isn't that just how our enemies work today? We'll kill you. If you don't do what we tell you to, we'll kill you. Oh, they may not kill us physically. They might, they might. A lot of people will threaten you physically, but they'll kill you by taking your job away from you. They'll they'll kill you by threatening your livelihood or threatening your family. See, there were people in the land of Israel who didn't want righteousness to prevail, didn't want the wall to be built. They were the enemies of the Jews. A wall around the city represented safety, it represented defense. So these enemies didn't want the wall to be finished. They were taking advantage of an unstable situation. They were taking advantage of the walls being down. If they brought stability back, they couldn't control or manipulate the people. So they ridiculed and criticized the Jews. And then they uh, began to threaten them so that the wall builders got discouraged because of fear. Now, we all have fears that could be discouraging us right now, fears that could prevent us from developing and from growing. Do you fear criticism or embarrassment? Are you afraid to take the big step or even the next step to make a new change in your life? Maybe it's a fear that you can't hold up under the pressure. Maybe it's a fear that you have, been, that you have to be perfect. Some people, some people just get tied up in, you know, if I don't do it perfectly. Let me tell you something. I've never done anything perfect in my entire life. I've made so many mistakes, but I never look in terms of right and wrong. I always look in terms of, I made a decision, eesh, that's not working out, I'll make another decision. Ah, that didn't work out so good, I'll make another. Eventually you find your way. But if you won't make the decisions, if you don't adjust your course, you get stuck, and you can get stuck in fear. Some fear that others will, what others will say, We're afraid of what somebody's gonna say, or what they're gonna think. Others fear what others will do. All I know is, that fear always brings with it discouragement. 366 times the Bible instructs us to fear not. I've said this before. That's one promise for each day of the year, including leap year. Listen to these verses that talk about fear. Oh, I know that I'm repeating myself, but I've seen so much fear in believers. I don't think we can hit this topic hard enough or long enough. This is in Luke 12, verse 7. It says, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Isaiah 54, verse 4 says, fear not, for you will not be put to shame. And do not feel humiliated, for you will not be disgraced. That's a word for somebody listening right now. You needed to hear that. This is Isaiah 43, verse 5. It says, Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. Some of you are worried about if you're ever going to see your children again, if you're ever going to have family again. You know, the, the, the travesty of Zimbabwe is that we've never created a future for the next generation. All of our children want to leave and they want to go live somewhere else because, quite frankly, there's only a few people that benefit from living in this country. We haven't unlocked the wealth of this great nation. We've made no opportunities for the next generation. I'm fearful for what's going to happen when this generation dies. Oh, you can shrink an economy, you can shrink everything, but let me tell you something, that doesn't create greatness. It doesn't create bigness. You see, the problem is that fear can lead to discouragement. But we're instructed not to fear. I want to close this message out by looking at four ways to overcome discouragement. Number one, learn to reevaluate your goals. Look at what Nehemiah did after he heard that the people were discouraged. In Nehemiah 4, verse 13, it says, Then I stationed men at the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, the exposed places, and I stationed the people in families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. So, rather than moving people away from the wall, he moved them up to the wall. Now, why would he do that? Well, there's a number of reasons. So that they could look at the wall and see how much work they'd already done and how much still needed to be done. You see, they were reevaluating their goals. If you walk away from the wall, you've given up. But is that what you should really do? Nehemiah was saying, hey, we need to look this over. We need to get this problem solved. You see, when you get discouraged, don't give up on your goals. Instead, figure out a way to get it done. When you get discouraged, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing the wrong thing. You may have just gotten tired. You may have just gotten frustrated. You may just be discouraged. Don't give up, reevaluate what you're doing. Was it wrong for these Jews to be building the wall? No, they needed protection. They needed to feel secure. They needed to feel a sense of accomplishment. They were halfway to the goal. Now what they needed to do to keep going was to reevaluate. You know, there's a story I used to tell my children when they were growing up, and I'm sure you know it. It goes this way. It says, in a certain railroad yard, there stood an extremely heavy line of cars that had to be pulled up a steep grade before it could reach its destination. The superintendent, of the yard was not sure what was best for him to do. So he went to a large, strong engine and asked, can you pull all those cars over the hill? It's a very heavy row of cars. I don't think I can, responded the first engine. The superintendent then went to another great strong engine and asked, can you pull the cars over the hill? It's a very heavy row of cars. I don't think it I can it replied. He, the superintendent was discouraged but he turned to another engine. It was a smaller little engine, smaller in size and didn't look as strong as the others, but he still asked, "Can you pull the cars over the hill?" "I think I can," responded the engine. So the order was given and the cars were attached to the smaller engine and it started pulling. As it pulled it was saying I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. The engine moved along on the level ground saying, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. But then it reached the hill. And you could still hear its little voice saying, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Higher and higher and higher it climbed until its voice grew fainter and fainter. And its words came slower, I think I can. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. But then the small engine passed over the top of the hill and began going down the opposite slope. Now it was saying, "I I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could. See, I know this is a familiar story called the little engine that could. It did because it thought it could. You see, the Jews in Jerusalem needed a wall. Yes, they had gotten discouraged, but they needed to keep building. They needed to reevaluate where they were and keep moving toward their goal. They needed a positive attitude. They needed to change their way of thinking. Do you have a problem today? Let me encourage you, don't give up. Keep on keeping on. God's message to you is reevaluate where you are. Reevaluate your time. Reevaluate your schedule. Reevaluate your goals. But keep moving. Clear out the clutter. Clear out the rubble. Clear out the trivia. Clear out the things that are wasting your time. And keep moving forward. Number two, realize that you're not alone. Huh. Notice that when Nehemiah posted people, he posted them by family. He says, and I stationed the people in families. Now, why would he post people together with their families? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. First, they needed to see who they were building the wall for. It was for the protection, not just for themselves, but for their families also. Second, because their families, they needed to encourage each other. Families have a way of encouraging each other. You know, when one person in a family gets discouraged, the other member can pick him up. In this current distress, we need our family more than we've ever had it before. We need our fellow Christians also to support one another and encourage each other as well. In fact, let me just stop there for a minute. Some of you don't understand what family really is. In fact, some of you don't have families that really could support you. But the Bible says he takes the solitary and he places them in family. As believers, I think with the distress that we're seeing, we're going to need each other more and more and more. I'm encouraging you to build strong relationships. Strong relationships with other believers. You know, I know this. If I get down, you lift me up. If you get down, I lift you up. Now, that's a support group. And in our church, we do that through involving ourselves in cell groups and men's and women's groups. This is where we realize that we are not alone and we find strength to carry on and to overcome. Do you remember earlier in my message, I read this verse, Hebrews 3, 13. The first part of the scripture says, encourage one another day after day, as long as it is called today. It's important to have other people in our lives in order to help us and to encourage us and for us to help and encourage them. Number three, we must be ready to fight. I want you to notice what the scripture says. It says, I stationed the people in families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. Why would he do this? Why would he have them carry weapons with them? Because they needed to be ready to fight. The Bible teaches that we who are Christians are in a spiritual warfare. We're in a battle. We are in a spiritual conflict, fighting against as Ephesians 6.12 says, principalities against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. The Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. He accuses us against each other. He accuses others to accuse us, and he uses them to accuse us. He loves to get us down. He loves to see us discouraged because he knows that a discouraged Christian has limited potential. He knows that when we're down, our effectiveness is neutralized. So he does everything he can to discourage us. James says it this way. James 4, 7, he says, Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hand, you sinners, and purify your heart, you double-minded. We need to resist his negative thoughts. We need to resist getting discouraged. You don't have to be discouraged in life. It's your choice. You may choose to get in and you may choose to give up, but great Christians simply refuse to be discouraged. They don't know how to quit. They never give up when they're fatigued and frustrated and have failed and are fearful. Great Christians are ordinary people with extraordinary amounts of persistence. Just hang in there and never give up. Finally, Number four, remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Nehemiah told the people, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Well, what does it mean to remember the Lord? Well, it means to commit yourself to him. It it means to dedicate yourself to him. It means to draw near to God. He says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Now, what specifically should you remember? Remember. Well, there's three things. First, remember God's goodness to you in your past. When you start thinking about all the good things that God has already done for you in your life, that lifts your spirits immediately. You'll begin to think, yeah, I had a victory with a lion. I had a victory with a bear. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? See, recall your past. Remember your past. Second, remember God's closeness in the the present time. What is God doing in your life right now? You see, he is with you. Now, whether you feel him or don't feel him, the Bible says he is there. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And then third, remember God's power for the future. He will give you strength for your needs. Jeremiah says that he gives us a hope and a future. 1 John 4.4 4 says, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. You know, I like the way the Message Bible says that verse. It says, my dear children, you come from God and belong to God. You have already won a big victory over those false teachers. For the Spirit of God is far stronger than anything in this world. Then remember, it's your thoughts that determine your feelings. If you feel discouraged, it's because you're thinking discouraging thoughts. If you want to feel encouraged, you must start thinking encouraging thoughts. Philippians says this Philippians 4, verse 8 it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. See, God even tells us what we're supposed to think about, and how many of you are caught out, you're caught out thinking about the wrong things, meditating on the wrong things, watching far too much social media. God wants us to be encouraged, not discouraged. That's what the Bible says, and I'll read it one last time, Hebrews 3:13 encourage one another day after day as long as it is still called today i want to encourage you to break off the discouragement from your life there's many ways you can do that right now if you're feeling discouraged you may just need to talk to somebody i'll tell you we don't do that very well but you know there's a number on the screen if you phone that number the person there is willing to talk to you they're a trained counselor but they can also get you to a pastor they can get you to professional counselor, they can help intervene in your marriage, in your family. We need help. If we don't call for help, nothing's going to happen. Call on the Lord in your time of need. Call for help when you need it. Don't be proud. Don't be proud. If you're struggling with your children, and I'm shocked at how many young people are committing suicide today. I don't want your child to be a statistic get help. If you're not saved, if you're discouraged, if you're broken, if something's going wrong, the Bible says encourage one another day after day. Encourage each other today as long as it's still called today. Pick up that number. Pick up that phone. Call that number. There's somebody on the other end of the line that can encourage you. They can give you the scriptures. They can get you into a cell group. They can get you into a men's meeting. They can get you somewhere where you can find help. And if you've never received the Lord, the Bible says, If you will call out to the Lord, as many as call upon his name, they shall be saved. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and are willing to declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Now that's not something you just pray a little prayer. I wish I could just have you pray a prayer. I wish that was just it. We sometimes pray a prayer, but the prayer isn't nearly as important as what you really believe in your heart. Go find a quiet place. Find out if you really believe in the Lord. You need to call upon Him. If you do, call upon Him. Ask Him to save you. If you pray that prayer, take that number down. Sometime during the week, call a person and say, Hey, you know, I prayed that prayer on Sunday. The person there will tell you how to grow up. I said it last week, or I said it a few weeks ago. that You know, you don't build a great body by going to the gym one day and then leaving it. It's week after week, day after day, you grow your body. And that's the same with walking with Christ. You, you need to disciple yourself, discipline yourself. You need to learn the disciplines of Christianity and you, and you build yourself up spiritually. We can help you do that. Call the number. We love you. We'll see you again next week. God bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that you were blessed and that God will continue to transform your life in this season. If you have a testimony or need prayer and counseling, please send a WhatsApp or a call me to plus 263-784-303900 or plus 263-717-459999. We want to hear from you, and we're here for you and are ready to listen to you, to pray for you, and to celebrate with you. So thank you, we love you, and stay safe.